Hey, and welcome to Topsy the Elephant. I'm your host, Zach Brady, and this is the history podcast that your mother never made. She might have made it if she had time, but she was busy raising you. Anyways, uh, yeah, so welcome back. Episode three, the, the third episode. If this was a trilogy, this would be the final episode, but it's not. So anyways, today we're going to talk about a story that is absolutely one of my favorites um, of all time. Mostly because I love uh, anything to do with old radio dramas uh, from the 30s and the 40s and even into the 50s. Um, and this is kind of an infamous story, and it involves the infamous Orson Welles, uh, which is, he. you hear his voice in the intro of this very podcast. Anyways, um, yeah, so it's the story of uh, his War of the Worlds broadcast from 1938. Uh, so, let's play a little bit of the intro and we'll get right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. At 20 minutes before 8 central time, Professor Farrell of the Mount Jennings Observatory, Chicago, Illinois, reports observing several explosions of incandescent gas occurring at regular intervals on the planet Mars. The spectroscope indicates the gas to be hydrogen and moving toward the Earth with enormous velocity. Professor Pearson of the observatory at Princeton confirms Farrell's observation and describes the phenomenon as, quote, like a jet of blue flame shot from a gun, unquote. We now return you to the music of Ramon Raquello playing for you in the Meridian Room of the Park Plaza Hotel situated in downtown New York. So it was October 30th, 1938, uh, on the CBS radio network, um, when Orson Welles did an adaptation of H.G. Wells' uh, novel, The War of the Worlds. Um, you've all heard of The War of the Worlds. It's a pretty famous novel. It turned into a relatively decent Tom Cruise movie. Anyways, um, so they decided to do a radio adaptation on their on their show, which was the Mercury Theater on the Air. Um, and this particular episode was presented in a format, uh, <laughs> a, a, a kind of a revolutionary idea, uh, it was presented in a series of news bulletins um, to give the appearance of it being live and it being uh, happening as it was, ha- it was, of you listening to it as it was happening. So uh, it's about, it's about an hour long uh, broadcast and it was kind of spaced in a way that gave it a little bit of realism. Now looking back on it, it it's, you know, you can kind of hear some of the, the audio trickery and things going on, but uh, listening to it on an, on an old radio uh, across the living room. I don't know if I would have been able to tell that in 1938. So anyways, the broadcast goes on, um, and there was, uh, there was a little bit into it. It was a sustaining show, so it ran without any commercial interruption. So that kind of helped add to the, the realistic element of the news bulletins, right? So um, basically... The radio broadcast is going on. It's October 30th. Uh, they went on the air later in the evening. And about halfway through this broadcast, the the stations 
all across the nation start to receive calls. Uh, people calling in into the station, uh, asking questions about uh, what was happening or um, the alien attack that was was really happening, what they should do, or uh, call, people actually called in accounts of smelling the, uh, the poisonous gas and uh, so there was reports of people in the street with guns <laughs> looking out for the aliens uh, in in the areas that were specifically mentioned in the broadcast. So the the novel was written. Um, obviously, the way it was written didn't mention these specific places, uh, specifically like Trenton, New Jersey, and New York City. Um, but in the broadcast, they mention these places very specifically: uh, specific farm, uh, specific people. Uh, all to add to this realism of it actually happening. So, in a genius adaptation of the actual story, uh, made to a to fit an American audience who knew these physical places. Um, so people are panicking. Uh, it's you know it's 1938, so there's not a lot of uh, you weren't going down to the theater to see alien attack movies with you know CG graph. You know people were a little gullible, uh, if that's the word. Um, not to say that we're not gullible now, but you know, the media has totally changed. So basically, uh, yeah, these people thought they were listening to a real account of an alien attack. Um, and the show, they did do a disclaimer at the beginning of the show, but the people that turned in late, um, you know, had no clue. So, you know, you, you flip over a minute or two late and you miss the disclaimer and you sound like you're in the middle of a news bulletin. So, in the days following, uh, there was a little bit of outrage um, <laughs> in the public, and uh, some of the newspapers just just described the the broadcast as cruelly deceptive, and um, basically it led to uh, the FCC doing an investigation. Um, <laughs> this big thing exploded, um, and and Orson Welles kind of. Now this is the part you you don't know what was that intentional or was he uh, you know did he not have the intention obviously he said he did not have the intention to scare uh, people but you know some things might uh, in the, in the in the world of media can kind of grow legs and take off themselves right so this is an instance of uh, people just panicking over. Uh, something totally fictional but presented in a realistic way and it's funny because in the age of the internet I feel like we see this uh, we can see this kind of same phenomenon in a different way uh, with the way uh, links and uh, stories get sped around the internet or, or photos that have been photoshopped uh, around the internet into something that you think is true uh, when come to find out it's totally fictional so uh, let's don't judge them too harshly you know, it's easy to think, oh, well, they had no clue. It was just a radio broadcast. How dumb could you be? Well, I think we might can fall for some of the same tricks today when it comes to the Internet. But anyways, uh, give it, go find it online. Take a listen to it. Take an hour of your time. Put some headphones on. Uh, listen through it. There's a great um, podcast you can find on the iTunes store called Orson Welles on the Air. Um, and I know I'm a subscriber to it, but... Anyways, they've got uh, a lot of his work uh, with Mercury Theater and with the Campbell Playhouse and a lot of different radio dramas, but you can easily find that War of the Worlds broadcast on there. And try to put your put yourself in the position of someone sitting uh, 
across the living room with the family around the radio in 1938 and uh, just see if maybe you might be fooled. Anyways, hope you guys have a great week. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, it's Topsy Elephant. Give us a tweet. Give us a shout out or whatever that is. And uh, we'll be sure to catch up with you on there. And we will see you next week. This is Orson Welles, ladies and gentlemen. Out of character to assure you that the War of the Worlds has no further significance than as the holiday offering it was intended to be. The Mercury Theater's own radio version of dressing up in a sheet and jumping out of a bush and saying boo. Starting now, we couldn't soap all your windows and steal all your garden gates by tomorrow night, so we did the best next thing. We annihilated the world before your very ears and utterly destroyed the CBS. You will be relieved, I hope, to learn that we didn't mean it and that both institutions are still open for business. <laughs>